I want us to continue, and then we'll see what the Holy Ghost will do. Amen? But I want us to take a part two of the sustainable lifestyle of faith. And I know you're in a word church, but still, there are areas of faith which people don't understand, because understand this, we are all at a different place in our faith. So sometimes what is natural for me, you know, because I've been doing it a long time, is not natural for somebody else, and I'm aware of that. So I can't impose my faith on somebody else. But that often happens in the body. And many times it's out of a sincerity of heart. They're just trying to help, but they get in the way. So faith is individual. Amen? It comes from us. So nobody else's faith. Now, we can have a corporate faith, yes, but we're all running our own race. And that's what's important to understand. So then you don't get discouraged. You know, if I had my way, you'd all be Billy Grahams. Simple as that. But God's not going to give me my way. He does it his way. Amen. 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 And so that's why I want you to listen. Don't say, yes, we've heard faith many times. Because if you're going to read the word, you're going to read faith. <laughs> it's just that simple. If you're going to read the word, you're going to read faith. Faith must come. So we'll go to Hebrews 11, same passage of scripture that we did this morning. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he was called, Sorry, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I want to encourage us that when we read these scriptures, we linger on these scriptures. Just linger there. By faith, he has the whole of the Egyptian empire in his hand. And the Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had life made, was made. Can you see? Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith 
they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So I'm going to go to the real basics tonight. I'm taking no chances. If the Holy Ghost gives this to me, then that's because there's, it's necessary. Otherwise, you know, I could minister here on a host of things that I would think would be appropriate for a revival meeting. Amen? Amen. So remember, there's been a lot of teaching on the subject of faith. It is said that Kenneth e. Hagen, who was classed almost as a father of faith, once said about some of his students that had come out of Rhema Bible School that that which they preach I've never taught. Are you with me? So that's why I want us to get to a place as a church collectively that we know the basics of faith. Now, you can get really spiritual and tell me that Paul said you should not return to the basics of faith, resurrection from the dead, baptisms. Let me read on with you, lest it be necessary, he says. It's necessary by the Holy Ghost. What he was saying was, don't stay there, but move on. Amen. And so what we have seen about faith is that causes or has caused a great deal of controversy. And my wife and I have been on the walk with the so-called word of faith. If we would stop putting names on everything, it's just faith. Yes, it's from the word. The word of faith, yes, but then we make a select group out of it because these ones don't want to come over here. But how can you be a believer and not have faith? How can you be a believer and not be taught on faith? I mean, it's that simple. Because faith is a divine empowerment. That's what it is. So that's why James challenges you and me and says, show me your works by your faith. Because it's an empowerment to do what? Believe God. So how can you take it out of your faith? How can you take it out? Maybe I should change that because it might sound a bit complicated. How can you change it out of what you believe? You can't. Hebrews 6 says, 11.6 says, it is impossible to please him. For, well, let's go there. Let's not just quote it. Let's go there. Yes, we're right there. Hebrews 6 11.6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Is what? This is not a trick question. This is a family meeting. This is the dinner table. We're having a conversation. But without faith it is impossible to please him. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is. What? I am. When Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and they said, who sent you? He said, I am that I am. Do we know him as I am? Because if we do, then our lifestyle will line up with the I am. And so it's not God holding back on us. It's us holding back on God. Look what it says. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The condition is simply what you are doing tonight. We mustn't complicate it. Now, I've heard people say they have faith and there's no works. And then I've had people say they don't have faith. Well, then they can't be a believer. Then I ask them, are you a believer? Yes. Well, then you have faith. Can you see? Because how do we quantify faith? Well, I'm going to push that on hold for now. But you saw some of it in Moses' life. That's the outworking of faith. Like what? I'm not going to have the world call me anything. I'm not going to let the world make me somebody. Now, I'm not talking about if your boss wants to promote you and God's bringing that through. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying where we depend on the world to make us. God's not doing that. Okay? So it's that context that we're speaking of here. So I want to bring you to a point that has been in my heart for a number, a number of, number, a good number of weeks. I don't want to quote the number of weeks because I can't remember how long it was, but it's many weeks, and it is this passage of Scripture. It's found in Matthew 6, 9. Faith is in a divine empowerment to please God. So let's see how we please God. Watch this. Jesus gave us the instruction in Matthew 6, verse 9. I'm going to read from verse 9, but I actually want to get to verse 10. Watch this. In this manner, therefore, pray. Would you agree tonight that if Jesus is telling us how to pray, we should listen to his advice, not the latest seminar on prayer. Nothing wrong with that, but it better line up with what the author and finisher of our faith has said. He said, in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, most of us, if not all of us, learned this at school. I don't know if they teach this anymore, but when we were at school, you had to learn the Lord's Prayer, period. Okay? Now, watch verse 10. Now, let me go back here. I want you to see faith is a divine empowerment to please God. How do we please Him? Your kingdom come. Watch this. Your will be done. 
on earth as it is in heaven. When does this happen? Now. Are you with me? Now. In your life? Now. And so if you read it with traditional glasses on of when I was a kid getting trained, it loses its power. See, Jesus said, because of tradition, you have made the power of God's word of non-effect. Because we just learnt it like a parrot. But there were revelations of great truth within this simple truth. So if you go out of here tonight, we're talking on a sustainable lifestyle of faith. If you go out of here tonight, what are you supposed to do? You and I are supposed to bring the kingdom, because Jesus already brought it, right? He said, the kingdom is now here. And so our responsibility becomes bringing as life is in heaven on earth. Can you get your mind around that? It's easy if you look at it through religious glasses. But look at, look at it through the manifestation of truth. And so that's why it becomes so important of whatever happens in the country, we've probably allowed it. Because let me show you heaven's will on earth. Let me just go here. So sometimes we're looking at it and we walk right past it. Look at the will of heaven for South Africa. It is so simple, you could slap yourself for allowing what we've allowed in the country. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications before the car, before the job, before the wife, the husband, I exhort, first of all. Now, all those are part of it. But watch. You want to do the will of the Father in the earth? Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, not who we favor. All men. For kings and all who are in authority, and then the Lord gives us the promise that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all dignity and reverence. Does that not work in 2022? Of course it does. So because of our busyness with so many things, we run right past it. Then he says in verse 3, remember, 
Remember what Jesus said in, in, in Matthew? As it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So, you see, I could be running around ministering in 40 venues, but that's not what God told me to do. He told me to do what I'm doing. Can you see? Watch. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. What? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, if you go, if you... If you're not walking in faith and you skip over to 1 Timothy 3, you, you, you're going to look at the qualifications of overseers and all that thing. But then, there's another one I want to show you here. I want you just to see this. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 20, he says to his son Timothy, God the faith. Hello? Listen. Oh, Timothy, God, what was committed to your trust, avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Verse 21, by professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. They've strayed. That's why the Lord's raising a sustainable lifestyle of faith. You can build a church without faith. There are hundreds of thousands of churches that don't preach faith. A form. Come on. So it's so important that we just understand these simple truths. So why do we need to live a lifestyle of sustainable faith? Well, I don't want outages every six hours. Do you? Well, we must change it or change the government by prayer. Well, you can't do that. You can too. You can too. But the problem is, we do this for one week and we tire. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Roe versus Wade, 47, 48 years. They have gone from the day that law was passed. They were a small group, first of all. You don't, you don't think like that. You can't think like that. So to fulfill the mandate, some of these things, we're, and there are lots we, we're speaking about, this is living a sustainable life by faith. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to be very careful with faith. 
that you don't measure your faith according to your personal success. Be careful. That is not suggesting that God doesn't bring about honor and success. But if you begin to measure a divine empowerment, and I'll show you this from the word, gift of grace from God, by the natural, you contaminate it. Are you with me? So it doesn't matter how successful we become in God. We should, this is the revival meeting. That's why we're talking like this. What's important for us is that our identity is never connected to so-called natural success. I'm not against success. Of course I'm not. You see, for many years, it started many years ago when the Lord started to talk to me about identity in Christ and not in what I see coming to pass in my life from the promises. So I celebrate the promises, but they don't define who I am. Christ Jesus defines who I am because I'm in him. Come on. It's so important. We have to remember Christ, the hope of glory. Christ, the hope of glory. It's so important that we get this and that that is the purpose. So if you simply live by the word of God, I promise you today, honor and success, it's all over the Bible, is your portion. But if you pursue that at the expense of your time with God, that's when it goes wrong. And you see, what the devil does is as we become more successful, he keeps us more busy. And so we have to go before the Lord by faith and say, is this what you want me to do, Lord? Are you with me? That's why I said it's simple, but it's so important that we understand it. So for those that are relatively new, I'm sure you've read it, but I'm going to go to the very foundation of where this wonderful empowerment truth of faith begins. And when you and I are still lost in darkness, lost, the Lord takes us to a meeting like this. And we don't know it's God. We just think we're obliging this guy who keeps telling me, come to church, come to church, come to church, come. And finally, I'll go to church, just get him off my back. But all the while, it's God. And we come in and we sit in a meeting, right? 
I'm going to use the meeting. Obviously, somebody could lead you to the Lord at work or wherever you get a job and you think That's, this is it, but God's actually got another mission there. But let's talk about in the church. And so while we sit here, he is so gracious and so loving. While we sit and the word is preached, he releases the measure upon those scriptures. And because he's the creator, they enter our heart. We know not how. Mark 4 tells you, you plant the seed and it grows, but you do not know how. And so God in his loving kindness, he loves us so much, that's what he does. He gets us and he gives us a measure. And he says, now I've positioned you. And out of that measure comes the first steps of, Lord, I'm a sinner. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And you begin the process out of that measure of faith. So faith starts as a gift and stays as a gift. You never own it. Come on. But you can have all it can bring. Amazing. But the moment you and I move away from God, the faith begins to decline. Because God's not going to have the Garden of Eden all over again where he had to put man out. It just wanes. That's the whole teaching there. We're not on that at the moment. So the measure is given by God through grace. In other words, so when you think of your faith, think like this. Because it brings about an appreciation, and it brings about a thanksgiving to God. That word grace is speaking of a gift. So we can't earn it. And now the reason I believe the Holy Ghost would tell us this is so that none of us feel shortchanged. Because none of us were shortchanged. We couldn't be. We couldn't get saved. This is how you get saved. This is where it starts, the measure. Amen? Now, let me say again. Let me go back to that scripture in Romans 12. I'm nearly done. I'm definitely not going to find Romans in Acts. Now watch this. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you and I implore you in the name of Jesus as the success comes don't touch his glory. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. We can be part of his kingdom but when that stuff gets before God, things go horribly wrong. Pride. Because there's one, the father of lies. That's what happened to him. And he's propagated that doctrine throughout the earth. 
Now watch this. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Can you see? So we touched on character development this morning. And so you can see as you walk with God, you learn not to be a worm, but to be one that is willing and obedient. See, the religion teaches us you must grovel. That's not what God says. But our hearts are always on the altar of humility. Let me tell you that humility is not how humble you look. It's how obedient you are. Humility means obedience. Can you see that? And so you, if you look, when they're not obedient, then, they, then people start to act humble. And it stinks in God's nostrils. Because all he, he's made it so simple. It, 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 as, you, as you can see here, it is so simple. Now to the next step, and we'll close out on this. Look at this. After the initial measure of faith, which is a gift, I love this, because what God does now is he wants us to grow up and not be spoiled little brats banging our fist on the floor because it's not happening. So what he now does is he begins to transition us and that transition goes like this, hearing the word. So now the responsibility to develop the measure in covenant with God is going to come from his word. So he's still involved. But now he's asking you to come and do it his way. And that's when we get frustrated. Often. Okay? So watch this. We need to see this. The responsibility for increasing the measure is the extent to which we hear the word. So when I say hear, I'm not just talking about words, you hearing, but are you receiving? That's the difference. Are you engaging with what you hear? Because that, if you elaborate on that hearing, it means to understand what he's saying. I've said to my wife so many times that the Lord will minister to me. I have stuff that I'd love to minister to you that I can't minister yet because I can hear his talking, but I still haven't got the full revelation of what he's saying. And so then I won't speak it until I understand what he is saying. Are you with me? Remember, when God comes to us, he comes in seed form. But if he sees you ready, he'll give you a whole tray of seed. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Remember, it starts, starts. You know, when you start to spend time with him with that measure, then he starts to talk about health. 
Then he talks about attitude. He talks about that anger that keeps erupting. Because now he's starting to say, come, let's get you ready. Let's prepare your heart. You see, because ultimately, you're going to have to touch people. And it's how you touch the immediate ones around you that determine where you're going to go. Amen. Because I'm going to, sh- okay, let me move on here. Okay, man. No. Let me move on. So, I want to come back to this in the next three nights. God is omniscient. If you can remember that, you won't doubt him. If you can remember what's happening, he knows the result. What's happening, he knows the beginning from the end. So if we can understand he's omniscient, and because he's omniscient, he has tempered faith. How many of you know what tempered means? I'm sure you all know. He's tempered faith. By walking in love. That's where the fire starts. We've got to walk in love. Well, I don't like him. I don't care if you like him. Walk in love. That's what God says. No, but you don't understand. I understand. I was there before you were. (laughs) And so he will go and have a debate with him. You'll lose. I promise you now, you will lose. Because he is omniscient. And that's where it starts. And so the scripture references Galatians 5, 6. That faith only works when you walk in love. And remember, love here is not kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy. You may like a hug, but that's not what we're talking about here. Here we're talking about walking in love where you make a decision not to hurt somebody. You could, but you won't. You could scandal about them, but you won't. Come on. So, why do we need this? As a new creation, we are supposed to get rid of the old. And the only way you get rid of the old is by faith. Because much of the old is so impregnated into our lifestyle that it's extremely hard to get rid of. And so we have to do certain things by faith that this we could spend half an hour on. I want you to hear this. So you have to walk in love, which will then motivate your faith. Because God's going to, when you come as a new creation, and we're all new creations if we know Jesus, but we're still in the process of the Lord teaching us his ways. If you've already arrived, you must go to heaven. We don't have any use for you here. Because you must be Enoch. Do you understand? 
And sometimes we do this and we don't think about it. Because he can't bring about the salvation Jesus paid for. Because that's all in the new. So if you don't, if these pockets were full, and I've only got two pockets, right? I can't get anything else in. So I've got to empty the pocket to get the new in. But he doesn't do that with us screaming, shouting, and rolling on the floor in anger. He waits until we agree. God bless you. 